This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 377, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, May 25th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 377. It's our Comic Reviews episode for the releases from the week of Wednesday, May 25th. For this week's review episode, we're doing something a little bit different. Instead of me going through a variety of different comics that I read this week, instead we're going to just focus on one book, which was DC Universe Rebirth, which I'm going to be discussing with AJ Reese in just a moment. If you'd like to email Comic Shenanigans, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. We've got some great episodes coming up in the next month. We've got conversations with Zeb Wells, with Paolo Rivera, uh, with Tony Bedard, so great stuff is coming down the pike uh, that I think you're really going to enjoy. Hope you enjoy the break from format it was, as we just talked about DC Universe Rebirth. It was definitely a, a very big issue and well worth spending a complete episode on. Hope you enjoy, and we'll see you next week for full regular reviews. All right, AJ, we're going to talk about DC Universe Rebirth number one. What were your thoughts on this bad boy? Uh, overall, very much enjoyed it. Uh, I, it's kind of a, uh, for me, it was a fun ride slash, uh, oh, I see what we're doing. We're apologizing. Okay. Got it. Got it. I am on board with this, uh, DC. I, I feel what, like, what about you? I feel like if I read one more article about the metatextual messages, I might scream. Well, everybody and their brother is talking about this, you know, reviewing it, giving their opinion, giving their two cents. And I, I think everybody kind of comes to the same conclusion of rebirth of, the old DC. We're, we're just we're just gonna gonna throw the trash out and bring back what you've been talking about us for the past five or six years about bringing back. I think I, okay, I enjoyed it, but well, first of all, I don't think it's a very good story because it's not a story. Um, it's not. It's just sequences of Wally running around. Yeah, and even that, it's it's not even him running. It's him like mystically peeping in on people. Um, So I I guess that threw me off a little, that it wasn't really a story. Like, I mean, if you go back 10 years, I don't know if it's exactly 10 years, but if you go back however many years it was to the Countdown to Infinite Crisis, um, you also had an 80-page giant that had, you know, basically little glimpses of what was kind of going on as they were building up to something else. Now, that, I think, was an amazing comic because it actually had a story that was guiding you through that felt more legitimate than this. Um, I, I guess part of the problem I have is that it's it's a weird clip show, but also I think the more if you really look at the nitty gritty and try to figure out what's going on, I feel like it just exposes more problems. Like they're saying that they're trying to bring back the the sense of legacy to the DC universe, but I think if you look at it too closely, it falls apart because it's more of a mess than ever before. Well, they. We'll, we'll list out the reasons of why that is. Well, one of the problems I'm going to have with it is obviously we're, we're coming off the heels of uh, Justice League 50, Superman 52, things of that nature. You've got Batman who's now out of the chair. We've got multiple Jokers and things like that. Um, so we assume Dark Side War is full what they're going to consider canon continuity, the, the mainline series. So where does that put – the, the actual Batman book where he hasn't been around and seemingly gives no nods that I'm aware of to the, the Justice League story um, with the kind of initiative of the mainline books can do what they want. The team book will do what it wants. We're not really bound to continuity, but now we're going to try and use this as a bow tie to reestablish all the continuity. 
that kind of works, but it kind of doesn't fully work. And you're going to reference the fact that new, younger versions have come along and they don't have all the same ties, and that's what's wrong. But the versions that don't have the ties are also the versions that wouldn't be these versions. Have you gone cross-eyed yet? (laughs) A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Well, and I think, okay, obviously it wasn't a great story, so they have good reason to try and ignore it. But Convergence very clearly said that the Flashpoint universe is on its own, it's something else. And right. that's why we have the Superman from that world. So the the notion that this is this is the original universe mixed up because of an, another entity doesn't really hold a lot of water when you have pre-New 52 Superman running around as well as New 52 Superman. Like, they, they sure. shouldn't both be able to exist. And maybe I'm just reading... Well, don't worry, they don't. Well, not anymore, right? But yeah. They no longer there. They no longer occupy the same space because they killed off one and made them into sand for some reason. But I mean, like, it just that's what I'm kind of saying that the more you closely look at it, the more that there's a lot of cracks here. Um, it doesn't hurt that sorry, it doesn't help, I should say, that as you said, the Justice League book kind of did its own thing and yet didn't reflect any of the cha- like the catastrophic changes that had happened to almost everyone on that team. Right. I mean, like Batman obviously died or was thought dead, and then he was really, you know, amnesiac or whatever. You had everything that's wrong with Hal Jordan right now, <laughs> like oh, a whole lot. Like yeah. he's not a Green Lantern. The guard, the, you know, no, none of the um, the GLs are around. Flash is thought to be a menace. I mean, like it just feels like all the books kind of ended in weird places that's totally opposite of Justice League. And Justice League theoretically was supposed to have occurred before Super Heavy and storylines like that. So it's just it's so damn confusing. I feel like they just need to cool it a little. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going hard and heavy here. Um, like they, they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to say, well, we, we get to keep what we liked of the New 52, but go back to what people liked before the new 52 in cases where the new stuff didn't work as well. That's essentially what they want to do. Well, and that's kind of what they've been doing all along when they, I guess when they brought about, brought about the last soft reboot, if you will, well, even, well, even I guess flashpoint to some degree where they said, bring what continuity you want. You can, the new authors can decide what, what stays and what goes and you get brand new histories for some characters. And yet you get Batman still apparently having all his sidekicks. So you get some legacy, but no legacy. And they're, they're, they're still trying to dip into that. Well, real hard where, like you said, you've got some characters with all the continuity they've ever had. And you've got other characters who, Seem to kind of have some of it, but not all of it. And yeah, it, it's a it's a bit of a, a hodgepodge in here. No, um, I'm kind of going through it chronologically in terms of the issue. But what do you think about this notion of three jokers? I I don't care. Is that fair to say? Like, I, it sounds like a neat story. I guess maybe they'll tell whatever kind of tale they want to spin out of this. But you. I, it's not an original thought. It's some. It's one I've already heard. But how do you have three Jokers, but you have one Batman? Um, it has. I guess Batman. I'm sure they'll try and cross that bridge. But if you have the history of the Joker from the three they're showing here, that's a very long time span. And so, what's the timeline of the Jokers? What's the? I don't know how they're going to weave the tale. But it's. It's just. It's something different to me. It doesn't really make or break the character. Joker's always going to be the single psychotic yeah. human level, you know, Batman well, opposite. I guess I have a few things about that. So in theory, 
Uh, in the new 52, Batman was supposed to be around five years plus. Right. Plus, I guess there's zero year. Plus, there's at least a year that's occurred since. So you have, what, six or seven years of, of Joker stories, maybe, um, to have occurred. Okay. Um, I guess my problem more is with the Mobius chair, that if the Mobius chair said there's three, that's all it said? Like, the, 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 it just you had all a, knowledge. It, it, it had a system error. Comedy. It was like, I can only give you the fact that there's three. Can't break down which, who each of them are. Like, it just feels like a weird... And does Batman even care who the Joker actually is? Like, does it change anything? Like, I just felt like the, that's not something that Batman really needed to know. And then going with this answer felt like a weird answer as well that doesn't actually... It just makes things more confusing. It doesn't actually... It doesn't feel like a story beat that's well thought out. It feels like yeah. it's more of a, well, this is kind of a metatextual thing, again, to go down to that well, of we've had three different versions of the character, so let's just make them three different versions of different characters. I'm like, no! Well, and our third version looks mostly to be the most recent uh, Scott Snyder version of the Joker. The one who so, has a bit of a sex, well, not sex, but a, a bit of a, a, a very much a love relationship with Batman, like really twisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there again, we get back into the Justice League versus Batman solo title, and when did all of this happen? How it's a little, it's a little messed up. The good news is we get to see the Waynes die again on the next page. So you know, we can't we can't tell a Batman uh, story without the Martha and Thomas dying again. No, definitely not. Well, and actually, that brings up um, in the Justice League issue, I believe when Batman is shown, he's still wearing his classic costume and he doesn't have the new symbol yet so again in theory it takes place before right which again maybe it doesn't matter <laughs> uh, yeah 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 maybe we're the uh, only ones who care <laughs> i'm sure we're not we're comic book fans so of course everybody has <laughs> an opinion on continuity but uh you know good to see uh uh oh, what's his name it's, this one's not joaquin thunder i'm flashing ahead to the next encounter um Oh, Johnny Thunder. Johnny Thunder, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm used to the second one. Um, or at least the next one. I don't even know the legacy of the Thunders. But good to see the character back. Uh, kind of sad to see him in this state. Uh, kind of an old, sad man who everybody thinks is crazy, just looking mm. for his genie. Yeah. Running around talking to items and trying to get him to come back. Uh, so, interesting character choice. I don't know if they're going to try and bring, you know him back into the mainline continuity i guess they are to some degree if we're showing him here i wouldn't think we just visit him and then leave him well they mentioned his grandson believes him is that going to be the new version of joaquin i maybe i guess we'll wait and see um to go actually a few other to go back a few pages um when we get the kind of the retrospective of wally first of all it is nice to see kind of wally's origin is still the same but they establish here that, you know, crisis happened, um, but did it? Because Convergence was all about undoing crisis. Undoing crisis, yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, um, ah, it's just it's just frustrating. Like, and I guess because he is outside of time, he doesn't get... Ref- I, I, I don't even know how many no prizes I can go for to try and make this work in my head. You know what I mean? And I think that's part of my problem with an issue like this is that it feels like... There's a lot of mental gymnastics, and I know it kind of wants me to just to let go and not care about that stuff and just just enjoy it. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm a comic book reader, and you know that. <laughs> like, well, and their whole emphasis here is to bring back the legacy. So if you're going to bring it back, how are you going to do it 
correctly and cleanly. Is there even a cleanly at this point in time? Or is this just, hey, guys, it's the best we can do, the best continuity we can give you at, after all the jumble we've weaved the past five or six years? Yeah, and I guess and the, mer- the main thorough line, which is basically Wally's going to disappear, he needs a lightning rod, that's pretty basically the entire story. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's not oh, yeah. much more complicated, and I think that's part of what I felt I was let down by a little is that, I mean, obviously that's a strong emotional core, but it, it's not a real story, um, and there's not a really good reason for him to be, for us to be flashing around all these different glimpses, whereas, again, if I go back to the Countdown to Infinite Crisis, um, you had a really good solid story with Blue Beetle, the best Ted Cord story ever, which is ever. The, one, the one where he dies. Um, and then you had all these other stories that you saw glimpses of where the other prelude series were going to go, but there was some sort of natural way, a little ham-fisted at times, like he goes to visit Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter gets a distress call, and then we see what becomes the Ram Thanagar War. At least it was some sort of semi-organic building, whereas this feels much more haphazard. Well, I mean, it is supposed to be just Wally finding his way back out. So it is kind of a, a line in the sand, so to speak. I see what they're going for, but I, I don't know what type of a lead-in there could be for this unless, uh, you know, obviously we're talking full spoilers as we have been the whole time. Unless they want to say that they've been dropping Watchmen hints for the past five years, which they haven't been, uh, then this is just kind of an abrupt, here's this new thing, throw it out there. Yeah, and like, what do you think of um, the the girl who? Uh, we, I guess do we ever see her face? Who's got the Legion ring? Uh, we uh, yeah, we do see her face in the middle of that panel where she says, uh, "Don't we? Isn't that food I is we, free?" I think what we country? just I think we just see her mouth and her in her hands. I so then, what's wrong. the panel with Wally upside down, and she's in the middle of the page? There isn't that her? Uh, no, that is uh, Captain Sawyer. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're outside the room, and then they're inside the room. We see, I the, we see the back I of her head, you. and she's blonde. I think I on, understand now. Online, people were thinking that she was Saturn Girl. I would assume the same. Yeah, I think that's what you're led to believe. But like, even that—that's isn't that just kind of a weird tease that doesn't really do much. Like, I feel like again. This is almost how I feel about some of uh, Dan Slott's Spider-Man these days, is that it feels like a series of teases for other stories, but not actually telling its own story. And that's what I I felt like more of some of these were. Uh, Especially because we don't even have a Legion book coming out necessarily yet. Yeah, it's it's a tease to to what end, which is a lot of this. Uh, I I, I mean, it's good to see a lot of these characters in general. Like I like seeing the Atom and things like that. I like knowing they're there. But... Again, to what to what end? Does what is, um, it, what is it going to matter? Yeah, with, with the Adam story with Ryan Choi, does uh, the very end feels feels so cliche with Adam giving a message and being like, "You have to. This is very important. The first world of the, of the microverse. You're going to meet someone, and then blip. We don't know what he's going to say. I'm like, really? Cut like, off. like that's yeah. so cliche. <laughs> Like they, they, uh, they, yeah, we're we're just gonna blow past the Adam story for the sake of time. We'll just move on. I agree. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, and again, so Ted Cord's alive. The Adam is still with his wife. So again, you know, part of continuity is respected, but then part of it's not. And are they just trying to avoid the parts of continuity that were darker and more adult? Yeah, or are we just moving forward from here with this? And this is what it is. Uh, Which again just makes it more confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like, is this this Ted Cord is built to be a bug? Why? 
Yeah, if you're not the Blue Beetle, why do you need the ship? Are you just helping Jaime? Is is that what we're at now? What was his legacy? Was he ever? Where's Booster Gold? Did they go on adventures? I, yeah, and and like, why is he wearing a Blue Beetle shirt that looks like right. his old uniform? And what you know, has he ever been an adventurer? How did he even meet Blue Beetle? Is the Doctor Fate that shows up the Earth Two Doctor Fate? Is he the only current Doctor Fate? Um, I don't know. Well, because this, this looks like an older Dr. Fate, and I thought currently Dr. Fate was the younger kid. There's two Dr. Fates. Both are Khalid. Neither one is this guy. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, okay. I didn't know his name. I haven't been reading that book that much, but uh, I didn't think it was this guy, so. Um, no, I, I actually was listening to another podcast, and it, it actually made, maybe made this make sense for me, but really what was... Without reading anything into it, I guess, what is the meaning behind Damien turning 13 and blowing out the candles? Is it just that he's a teen and can be on the Teen Titans now? I guess. I don't know. But doesn't that seem like a weird like thing to throw Single in? Single panel? Yeah, in between the others here. Like, uh, that gets a panel. Like, of all the things that gets panels here, Damien Wayne blowing out the candles, which seems very not Damien Wayne anyway. I also like how it's the saddest birthday ever. He's just in a dark room by himself <laughs> with a knife and a cake. Like, there's no Bat family. There's no. He's just in a dark room. Where's Alfred at here? I don't even know where Damien's at at the moment in this continuity. So yeah, like that doesn't make sense. And even uh, Jessica Cruz, does she really need to have the Green Lantern symbol on her eye? I uh, I guess like I, it's not obscuring identity. So what exactly is that doing? <laughs> Well, Simon Baz gets a sweet full face mask, so she gets a little eye patch, Green Lantern. But he has to hide his identity. Like, that's happening subconsciously, right? So she's just got this weird eye tattoo because she thinks it's cool? Yeah, exactly that. What else would it be? I don't Um, know. And then the old Aqualad is, I guess, back. And I, I, I felt like that really didn't need to be there either. Like, it didn't add anything. No, not when you have... I mean, I don't know why that wasn't added in with the Aquaman story, like, okay, Aquaman and Mara going to get married and then launch that book and have Calder in there. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that he needed a panel right here of him staring at a fish tank. Are we going to get a new origin story or has he ever been Aqualad or I, I don't know. Why? Yeah. Who knows? Right. And then we have Pandora dying, which is useless. <laughs> yeah. I do like how she Rorschach style explodes though. If yeah. That's a hint of things to come. Yeah, but again... And when like, I say I like it, I mean, I don't really care. It's just a pretty picture. It's, it's it, just a callback. That's it is, it is. Yeah, it's a pretty picture and a callback, but it just feels like her death, it means nothing, and considering the character was introduced, and there's supposed to be so much mystery, and it meant absolutely zero. Yeah, uh, have have fun with your 15 minutes of fame in Trinity War, and now you've exploded. Uh, and then we have, what, Grail, and the weird dark side baby... <laughs> Which we'll just call a, a Justice League 50 epilogue, uh, you know, moving on. Yeah, again, it doesn't... And then even the, the death of Superman, everyone kind of paying their respects, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like people would care this much. Well, what's funny is if you look at it, I don't think they do care that much. Nobody's sobbing. They're just all standing around like, oh, here, Superman died. Bummer. And like, like why, why, is Steel, why is Steel dressed as Steel? Like he's, because he's not right now, is he? No. Yeah. Like, if you read Superman 52, he's not there. and he, Well, he's there, but as a human. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it definitely is a weird assemblage of people. Um, yeah, it wasn't a very good end, I'll be honest. <laughs> not for him, at least. No. Um, you like, get nods to relationships, and, you know, they harp on the, the bit about love is missing, and 
Okay, cool. Uh, Bearded Superman. God, I love Bearded. I love Bearded Superman. I love the character. Yeah, it's a cool version of Superman. I'm not sure how many times the kid's going to be in danger, or if the kid's going to be Superboy, or how long that'll last. I believe he's going to be in an upcoming book as basically Superboy. Okay, well, which that's I'm, cool. I'm honestly excited for that. Like, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't care about Mister Oz. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Apparently, um, no. I didn't even remember this. This isn't his first appearance at all. He was previously. Okay. He was previously in the. Um, Jeff Johns, uh, John Romita Jr. Superman book. Okay. Well, it makes sense why he's here then, I guess. Because Jeff Johns keeps using this mysterious character who I guess has been around a while, so maybe maybe this has been in the plans for a while or maybe not. Like, it's hard I'm to gonna know. Call him, I'm going to call him Pandora 2.0. Oh, God. We'll see how long he lasts and what event he gets blown up in next. Um, I do like that we have, um, you know, Aquaman proposing to Mira because... That was something that, you know, in the New 52, no one's allowed to be married, so this is right. this is how we know it's over. They, they do hit the checkboxes, don't they? Let's explode Pandora, the figurehead of Flashpoint. Let's get characters married again, because we all know they put out that no marriage clause, and everybody got split up. And, yeah, they really they really go through and kind of hit you over the head with, see, guys, we listened. We're trying, yeah. right? Come on back. How do you feel about, um, about Kid Flash or Wally West being younger? Well, I'm... I don't hate it because... But why is he? If he was stuck in the Speed Force, why is he de-aged already? Don't ask questions like that, Adam. I know. You're not going to get the answer. And if you did, you, it wouldn't be a good one anyway. Like, it won't matter at this point. He's just younger again. Uh, but at least Linda's younger, too. It's not like she's adult, you know, and he's back to a teenager, and then they got to try and do that awkward mess. True. So, at least they de-aged relatively equivalently. So, you know, yes. whatever, and I will say, it. again, that is an emotional, you know, part of the of the story because he's just like, I want to come home, just take my hand, just believe in me. And she's like, I don't know who you are. Well, and for the – you knew that was coming too. As soon as he was like, oh, man, Linda will remember me. And you're like, nah, sorry, sorry, bro. That's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, you can see that happening. Yeah, that's that coming a mile away. And then we have, um, the, then we have like the weird – you know, brief glimpses, which again don't really add anything. Like the weird two people in Gotham, who are like the signal. It's not for us, not yet. Right. You have Constantine and Swamp Thing for some reason. Well, and I guess these are all our lead-ins for the the last couple of pages of number ones coming. And oh, look, there's there's a new Batman number one with new heroes and sure. So these are just little snippets. I mean, it's it's basically what I think should have been the free comic book day issue most I, years. I agree with that because didn't they not have one this year? Um, I don't think I so. Think, not for a major event of any sort. No. I think they just had a reprint of Suicide Squad number one from the New Fifty Two. Right, right. Which Maybe is that's what they were doing decision. was pushing this. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're just going to reboot anyway. Yeah, seriously. And then we got we do get a nice call back to Crisis with uh, Wally showing up in the Barry role. In the same uh, position, even. Right. It's just like reaching out, which is nice. Um, let's see, what else do we even have? Yeah. And, uh, okay, the whole stuff with explaining that there have always been two Wally Wests, really? Uh, you got to make it fit somehow, right? You got too many puzzle pieces. Just kind of jam them all together. It'll it'll make a puzzle. It'll make a picture. It'll make a puzzle, all right, but... <laughs> it'll make a puzzle. <laughs> I guess I was right the first time. It's a messy one. Like, it just... It felt like... It just felt like they they tried they they over explained it when it like I was okay with it just being for whatever reason in this reality is black that's fine 
Like that sure. was kind of enough. Like I, I think they overthought it. So then they worked so hard to make it make sense that why we have our Wally and this Wally and how they can both exist and and not kind of overlap. But it just feels awkward. I will say he may be trying too hard, but Jeff Johns does always try to justify his universes. He wants reasons. He wants rules. He wants you know legacies. He does try and build a world around it. So I can see him trying to do it right here, where he's like, no, no, no. See, there's always been two Wally. He's, he's kind of like the guy who tries to justify his his own comic habits. He's like, no, 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 see, there's this, and then these guys come in, and I've got all my you know figures on the table, and this it, he he does try very hard to make it work, and maybe sometimes he tries a little too hard, but you know it's it's a uh, it's all in all. I see what he's going for. I see what he's doing. You know, he likes laying the puzzle pieces out. So, how do you do, how do you think the um, did you like how the Barry Wally conversation went? conversation was fine i think i like the artwork more than i did the actual like the words are fine but I, I, I the artwork's what got me with him kind of descending out of the speed force and tearing apart and seeing all the the wally faces on the bottom of the page mm. um it's it's always good to see jeff writing the flashes I, I think he knows the kind of family connection and to see that dynamic again um and as much as the fans have longed for wally it's good to see him get a moment of I don't know, not acceptance, but just kind of a, a moment or two of good dialogue after he hasn't had any now in years. Um, kind of some heartfelt moments with Barry and seeing that his hero is still out there being his hero. And that's kind of all that ever mattered to him was making sure people were okay. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice note for the character. Granted, obviously it's, he's not dying here, but if he was, it would have been a, a neat little send out. If it was in a different book and this was the end of Wally, it's, it's a, it's a well laid out little bit to me. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, it, it strikes me as I read it how much I miss the days when Barry Allen wasn't back alive, which sounds horrible. Yes. But because yeah. um, I, I I love Barry Allen, but I think I liked him more as this as the way that Wally kind of appreciated him and the ideal. Yeah, and also it was always so special when we would get those time travel moments, especially in Jeff Johns' stories, where we would get to see Barry again. Um, but Barry wasn't alive again. Like he, he, it was just him running through time back before he died. Right. And, I, and I just thought that was always so impactful. And so bringing him back always felt like we lost a little piece, um, an important piece. And unfortunately, it kind of, and this is kind of a problem in general with the ideas of the legacy, et cetera, is that Wally was one of the only sidekicks who really got to um, fulfill the promise of a Take sidekick. Take the full mantle. Yeah, you know, he became the Flash for an entire generation or two right. of readers, right? Whereas, and and to a, a much lesser extent, so did uh, Kyle, um, where you had these people take over for their their um, their predecessors. But with and the others were just off the table; they were gone. Yeah, there was no background or influence. The they were the only torchbearers. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I, it's always going to be difficult for me, as much as I love Barry. Like, don't get me wrong; I, I'm a big fan of Barry, but it just it feels so weird because. It's kind of like when uh, Nightwing finally became Batman. To push him back to Nightwing always will feel weird because, he, you know, he kind of he got to be the president of the company, and I gonna... did it fairly well. Like people really received that character well when he took over the Batman mantle. Yeah, and then to to regress him is. I mean, with Batman, you knew it was going to happen, but with Flash, when it happened, no one had any real inklings that Barry was going to come back necessarily. Do you think, like, I know it's one of those love-hate things, I get a little bit of a Spider-Man tone with the, uh, just always, uh, always has the bad lot in life, 
But do we feel like Jeff Johns loves, hates Barry Allen? Because I know he brought him back, but then he triggers the Flashpoint paradox and screws up the universe. And here we've just basically got him breaking down because he forgot his, uh, you know, like best friend in life and Wally. And it seems like every time anything happens, the Flash is just just ripped apart emotionally when it comes to Barry Allen. He just always messes up or feels like he has destroyed everything. And in some cases has. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, because he's done some shitty things to Barry Allen. Yeah, he really, really has. And he's allowed the DC Universe to do even more to him. Yeah, because like before Barry Allen came back in Final Crisis by Grant Morrison, uh, prior to that, Barry had a good home life. Um, like everything that people kind of know about Flash now, especially with the TV series, etc., um, is of the version of him where his mom gets murdered, which is a relatively recent invention of Jeff Johns. So right. he loves this character, but then he changes his history and totally f's with it. Well, and there have never been any long-standing moments where like Batman was married and happy. There's there's never been, you know, we get some Superman and Lois, and I guess now probably is the most at least in my comic book experience, where he is married and happy and in a relationship. But Barry and Wally have gone through periods where they have had families. They've been settled down and established, and and then we just rip it all away. Yeah, I mean, Barry's been married twice, um, you know, and he had a family in the future. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a legitimate thing. And, and that's, I guess, my question as well is that, has everyone forgotten that we don't actually have a Bart anymore? Like, yeah, well, maybe we will here soon. Who knows? Like we maybe had, he'll pop back out, too. We had Bart Tor, right? Or whatever that was. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, that, whatever that, that was. That weird psychotic kid Flash. And then, you know, it's almost like you don't want to remember these things. But, like, if you look at the Flash legacy, there's no Jay right now. There's a younger, weirder version of Jay. Yeah, you got to... It's weird how the how like uh, Johnny Thunder is going to come back in, which seems like especially with Jeff Johns and his JSA run, that would be a wink and a nod that Legacy's coming back. The JSA would come back, but all our JSA incarnations are the Earth Two incarnations right now, and so how do you reconcile the multiverse, the other versions? Where are the versions on this Earth? Were they part of what was ripped out of time? Are they just going to be inserted back in? Rebirth number one is neat, but man, it poses a whole lot of questions on how are they going to do this balancing act. Now, here's a question, um, and I think I have an answer, but I, I want to know what you think. Um, is this new reader friendly at all? Uh, no, I don't think it is on any level. You have to know what's happening up until this point with Justice League, Superman, the other individual titles. You have to know who in the world Wally West was, so even if you've been reading the new titles, you don't know who he is. And then even if you've been reading DC, theoretically, logically, you would. But if you didn't read The Watchmen, then you also have no clue what's going on. So, no, if you're not a current reader, a legacy reader, and a diverse reader of past historical DC items, you you have no full picture of what all this is. No, it's about as un-new reader friendly as it gets, which maybe is why they didn't put it on New Comic Book. Or free comic book uh, day. Yeah, but then they gave you an incomprehensible Suicide Squad issue. So I don't, I don't <laughs> but know if it that's free. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. I guess I'm just I'm curious, and I've listened to you know podcasts and read reviews, and I almost feel like that I'm missing something because I, I, I the reviews seem so ecstatic, like people are losing their shit, and I'm just like, why? Like, 
I, I guess, are people so hungry for the DC that they remember, and are they so disenchanted with what the New 52 devolved into and became, that they will lap up any chance to, you know, get near a feeling that maybe resembles a little bit what they used to have? I think it's exactly that. I think that is every bit of all of the excitement. It's a fine book. It's not, like like we've said, I don't think it's great. I think it's mostly Wally West just jumping around. And then you get some big reveal shock at the end, sort of, kind of, if you even know what they're alluding to. But if you turn on the internet and look at any of it, they'll tell you what it's alluding to. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's just the hope for the, the return of nostalgia, the return of what everyone claims they loved, even though, like many things that are nostalgic to us, I think everyone thinks it's better than it was. Um, there was a lot of mess and quagmire with all that legacy also there was a lot of good stories there were a lot of good characters but it's not like it was the perfect age of comics and they just said you know what clean the slate let's let's redo this there is a reason why they thought flashpoint was a good idea there is a reason why they thought you know we're losing readers people can't jump in on this stuff we need a reset and so we'll see if the legacy gambit pays off for them or not um you figure at this point, you either you either had to go left or right, and left was a hard everything reset, which you can't afford to do and drop all your legacy and all your history, and people would lose their mind. And you know, I just even with the movies going like they are, I don't think you have that big of a new readership compared to the retention of you know historical comic book buyers. Or you do what they're doing, you appease to the masses, and you try and give people back what they've been clamoring for since Flashpoint. So. They're going, they're going right, they're going with the ladder, and we'll see how it pays off. An, inter- uh, an interesting thing that I heard on another podcast, which I had not in any way put together, but is actually quite funny, is that if you look at the watch on the first page, mm-hmm. so the year on the watch is 1938, the year of Action Comics number one, which is interesting. interesting. And if you look at the time, it's, uh, it's 52 minutes. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of funny. It sure is. It sure is. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that at all. And then by the end of the issue, we've, you know, they've dialed it back to, a, you know, a quarter to 12. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that at all. That's funny. What is the, uh, is there any allusion to the, to the rust it appears to be on the one cog in the first page where it looks like the watch has stopped? Do you think there's any, anything being said there? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Or maybe they're just alluding to the fact that there's there's stuff stuck in the gears. Like, Well, but it, it comes back at the end of it, if you'll notice. Um, when, when we have the epilogue here on Mars, and there's the watch, and then it... Uh, oh, he cleans it up. He cleans it off, but that cog pops back in. Mm. So there's a broken off cog, and then it appears that the little you know, bit on the end is refashioned. Like, part of it was destroyed aka maybe their 10 years or whatever um is dusted off and rebuilt interesting i don't know i maybe they didn't actually think it that through you know or maybe they did like it's hard to know well it's a full breakdown on the uh, you know like the nine panels there pretty much alluding to the watch lifts itself is separated out the one broken cog is there it's repaired and then the watch is reassembled true so it seems like they're rebuilding their internal clock so to speak or literally oh goodness (laughs) yeah yep 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 
What do you think? I mean, so we we got a bunch of I guess teases at at the end of the issue. Are are you looking forward to any of these? Well, I, I mean, I'm not like, oh my gosh, that's going to be great. Titans number one. Oh oh man, or Green Arrow number. It, they're whatever. We'll see how they they shape up. Um, after a couple of issues for each of them. For, uh, you for know. Titans, I was excited when I saw Dan Abnett, and then I was not excited when I saw Brett Booth. Brett Booth. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I flipped over there, I knew I knew where that one was going south. Um, um, which is too bad. And then the Flash book, um, I'm excited for the artist, but I don't know if he's I don't know if he's a Flash artist because I'm a huge fan of Carmine DJ Domenico. Yep. I don't think he's a Flash artist though. I think his stuff is too bulky. I think he's got amazing storytelling, but I'm really I'm really um, cautious about his actual art on a character like The Flash. It's kind of like uh, years ago when Mark Wade came back to Wally West um, after he came back, after, I don't know, after Infinite Crisis or 52 or something. Um, they had uh, Daniel Acuna on art, and I absolutely hated it. Um, I've come to actually appreciate Daniel Acuna on the right project. Um, on a character like The Flash, he was the exact wrong fit. Uh, and that's kind of, I'm a little worried about this. I'm intrigued by Greg Rucka on Wonder Woman. I think that could be really neat. Uh, I'm just I don't know the, what kind of story he's going to try and shape there. Yeah, the, it's kind of a weird. Um, it's a weird cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it's just the art, the art choice there. Um, but yeah, of all my Wonder Woman poses, I don't know why leaned back kind of at an angle was necessarily the one to go with. But mm, okay. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to Aquaman because I am too. Uh, that's probably the most exciting with Abnett and Walker on it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a good creative team. Green Arrow, I don't really feel either way. Um, I don't know what Green Lanterns is going to be. <laughs> well, I mean, they're doing two books. Uh, you know, one with with the two shown here, and then the others Hal Jordan putting the core back together after all that's happened. So clearly, also everything that's been going on with Hal is continuity even though he was with the Justice League while he was also theoretically depowered because there was no core. So, again, uh, we'll, we'll sort all that mess out later. <laughs> but uh, two, two things, and we'll, we'll take them one at a time. Uh, one, what do you think of twice monthly at two ninety nine for a lot of these? Do you think that's a strategy that works versus once a month at three ninety nine? Um, at what point are we just pouring out content faster than people will want to buy books? And two, um, with... Uh, a strong, downright obvious allusion to the Watchmen being the source behind this, and I guess Dr. Manhattan in specific, do you think we will get to a point where you have uh, Rorschach walking side-by-side with Batman? Do you think we'll have Silk Spectre and Harley Quinn team up, because Harley Quinn's going to team up with everybody? Do you think that they will go hand-in-hand with the DC Universe, or do you think this is simply a Dr. Manhattan shows up... I. I thought at first maybe it would just be Dr. Manhattan, but then we have the button buried in the Batcave of uh, the comedian. So that alludes to possibly the comedian's been there, or did Dr. Manhattan just bring the button and throw it in the foundation, the soil? It's or a what? great question. I, I hope to God it's just Dr. Manhattan. Like, I don't, I don't want those worlds mingling at all. Like, I think that's a mistake. And do you um, think he just plays an omnipotent role, or do you think they actually interact with him? Um, uh, I... I don't These know. These are all hypotheticals, I know, but where in the world do they take that storyline and not just obliterate the Watchmen on some level? I think they already have by even introducing them. I think it's a mistake. Um, to some degree, I agree. Yeah. I, I just, 
I, I think Watchmen works really well as a standalone on its own. and As a statement, yeah. Yeah, it's its, its own thing. It, it doesn't need to be part of the DC grander universe. And I think it almost in some ways, it makes it smaller. I think it, it takes away some of its impact. Like it, I think it's just its own thing. And the minute that you expose it to the larger microcosm or macrocosm of the DC universe, I think that's not a good idea. And I, I think I'm, I'm kind of done with these omnipotent characters like I mean, isn't this what we just got with Brainiac? Like in Convergence, like he was messing with all these different realities, and now we're going to get someone else who's omnipotent, who's beyond the veil, who's messing with things. I'm just kind of done with that. It's a Deus ex machina that I don't think it really needs to be. I think, uh, for my two cents on that, DC should have taken a note from. Uh, so you did the interview with Dan Abnett the other day, and he was talking about his Marvel run and everything. And I, I love the way Marvel handled those books, and they handled those books at the time as far as the writers go, where the cosmic scale was one side of the universe. And they were off in deep space dealing with universal you know, threats and grand issues, to whereas the Earthbound books were dealing with Earthbound threats. You had you know, criminals, robbers, you know, maybe a metahuman here and there, but everybody kind of was on their own checks and balances. Batman wasn't trying to save the universe. The Flash wasn't altering multiverse things. The Flash was running really fast. And you might have the Green Lantern Corps off in deep space handling some massive threat. But they weren't – there was a whole core going against them. There was an army. And now, like you said, you've got all the Earthbound characters trying to tackle gods every other week. And it just kind of wears thin after a while. They've got to reduce a little bit in scope um, and not not tackle multiverse-shattering level opponents all the time. This isn't Dragon Ball Z. They don't just continually escalate. You no. gotta you gotta dial it back a little every now and then. I think the um, the twice monthly thing is interesting. I think it's a mistake. Well here's what I think. I think they've looked at Marvel and Marvel is often publishing extra books. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think readers are not a huge fan of that in general, but the way Marvel does it, it's also haphazard. You don't know what months you're gonna get to. Um, sometimes you'll get two issues, sometimes you'll get one, sometimes you may not get one. Um, whereas this is very much a big statement, we're going to be coming out twice a month. It's demanding more of a commitment from your readership. Um, you already know you have relatively limited numbers. Um, generally speaking, the readership is more likely to go down than up, so you're, you're, you're taxing your readership more. Um, well, and if, if Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, you know, these books are coming out, and I guess with the movie coming out, let's just go ahead and say Suicide Squad, as your top-tier books... Does something like Teen Titans or a new relaunch Doctor Fate or anything like that stand a chance? Now you're asking your readers to buy Superman twice a month, so that two ninety nine that you would have spent maybe on the Omega Men or the new Secret Six, you go, well, I mean, I'm, I got four issues of Batman and Superman put together just to get my main books. So are you not taking money, you know, out of your own pocket to some degree by yeah. not sharing the wealth? Yeah, like I mean, Superman's going to sell better than a lot of books no matter what so mm-hmm. twice monthly doesn't need to be there but I get it because they want to they know it's going to sell more um, action comics kind of the same thing Suicide Squad I don't see that as being a book that's going to be able to support itself twice a month exactly I mean exactly. obviously having Jim Lee on it for an indeterminate amount of time will help but it's still Suicide Squad like it's well, not and you it's, know as it gets closer to the movie they're going to push the roster to reflect the movie and the characters will start reflecting more and more. We'll get a different croc. We'll get a different dead shot. We're already getting a little bit more of a movie style dead shot here. Um, so it'll, it'll have its heyday. It'll have its six months, 
But what happens after that six months? Does it retain readership? Yeah. Does it make it to that point? I'm sure they'll keep pressing it out just to get to the and like, release date. But. Does, does Aquaman need two books a month? Like, and mm-hmm. like Wonder Woman, I could see it more so, but Aquaman and Green Arrow, like seriously for Green Arrow, I they're they're a hope and a prayer, hoping the CD, CW show brings readers in. I guess. I don't yeah, know. and I like, don't see it. And like Green Lanterns, a book with basically two really new lanterns that people don't really have that much of a connection to. You're going to publish them twice a month, right? Right. That, and, and yeah, you're outside right. Outside of this, never would have been twice a month book. No, and then also, as you said, because I need now to pick up two issues of Batman instead of one, I may not be able to give a shot at you know picking up these other books that I might have tried otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you figure like I'm I'm a historically a very big Green Lantern fan, mostly in due to, uh, in part to Jeff Johns' run with Rebirth. So if I'm trying to look at the Green Lantern universe now, I've got both Green Lanterns coming out twice a month. Plus, I assume to my knowledge the Sinestro book is continuing. I've heard it's been discontinued. So that's five books a month all of a sudden. Uh, you know, depending on how your budget is, five books a month can be a, a hefty sum, especially if maybe you're a Green Lantern and a Batman fan. You know, two Batmans, I'm sure they're going to be a, a side Batman something, Detective Comics or something like that. All of a sudden, you're getting into a high numbers for only fractions of the universe. You really don't get to sample too much depending on limited budget. Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to see how it works out. We'll see how it works out six months from now if it's still working out. I mean, it's uh, I, not to be rude, but I feel like it's it's it would have to feel pretty spectacularly to not do better than DCU. Well, look where we're at, Adam. I mean, we had to reboot for a reason, even if it's a soft reboot. And you know, there's they have learned how to fail spectacularly. So it's so sad. It is. It is. But, you know, best we can do is hope for the turnaround and see what they do with it. But, I mean, that being said, Marvel's not that much better. We're just getting a new version of Marvel now. What? Yeah, that's a conversation for a different day. But the big question mark on that one. Yeah, giant one. Well, AJ, thank you for uh, for joining me to talk about uh, DC Universe Rebirth. We had mentioned before the podcast I wanted to do 10 minutes. You're like, eh, it's more like 20. It was 44. Nailed it. Right on cue. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Adam.